Hello and welcome back to Franklin Covey's twice weekly podcast on leadership with Scott Miller. I'm your host, still your host. After six years and 350 episodes taped, where each Tuesday and Friday, both in audio and video, we release episodes where we're able to shine Franklin Covey's spotlight onto thought leaders, authors, celebrities, business titans, researchers, scientists, people who perhaps in some instances have survived or recovered from some tragic set of circumstances, all focused on pouring into you, our listeners and our viewers, to make you a better leader. Franklin Covey is the world's most trusted leadership firm, founded, of course, by Stephen R. Covey and Hiram Smith 40 years ago, where we are partnering with literally hundreds of thousands of companies to build cultures where people choose to stay, where they work under leaders that truly care about them and care for them. And today I'm delighted to announce one of our rare repeat guests, Jamie Kern Lima, the famous entrepreneur, writer, author, friend, social media content creator and influencer, and now new author of her newest release, Worthy, How to Believe You Are Enough and Transform Your Life for a repeat appearance. Jamie Kern Lima, welcome back to On Leadership. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited for this episode. It is going to be fire. I cannot wait. Well, we are delighted to have you back and feature your book because your content is so resonant, I think, for the times. You have like, you're like a walking divining rod, that sort of thing that folklore says where the water is. I think you have such a great finger on the zeitgeist, if you will, of what people are struggling with. Struggling with. Your book, Worthy releasing today. Let's talk a little bit about your journey to Worthy. We had you on about a year ago where you wrote a new book called It. Uh, There's some irony in that title. Would you rewind a couple of decades? I'll tell you, one of the things I remember most about our our first interview was the fact that you and your husband built this billion-dollar brand that you sold to L'Oreal that is an iconic cosmetics brand and how close you were to not making it to cash flow running out. And the the stories you wrote, your transparency about how tough entrepreneurialism was had resonated with me as an entrepreneur, solopreneur. Rewind and remind us of your journey to where you are today. Mm. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, so, you know, probably the... The story that's out there the most is Denny's Waitress builds billion-dollar company and, uh, and probably most well-known for, for starting a cosmetics in my living room and going through years and years and years and hundreds and hundreds of no's and rejections and and uh, eventually building it to uh, what became the largest luxury makeup company in the U.S. And then L'Oreal acquired it in 2016 for $1.2 billion cash. They made me the first woman to hold a CEO title of a brand in their 107-year history uh, and kind of went on that whole journey um, of, of, of building it cosmetics. But really, it was a journey of going from someone who you know didn't believe in herself most of her life uh, to, to learning how to believe in, in myself. And and you know my first book, believe it was really that story, and then worthy, uh, which I am so excited and honored to share. It's it's really the playbook. Worthy, I wrote worthy, which by the way, a hundred percent of the proceeds are donated, uh, and it's the best work of my life. Honestly, the thing I'm most excited about that I've ever done, uh, because it's really the playbook on how you can believe in you 
whether you are a leader leading teams, you're you know trying to lower turnover and boost morale, or you're someone who has big dreams on your heart, or someone who's an achiever, who all the different things. Uh, what I have learned uh, so often the hard way, Scott, <laughs> is that in life we don't become what we want, we become what we believe we're worthy of. And when it comes to so the situation so many of us are in right now, where we think like something's missing in our job or something missing in our relationship, or we keep achieving and accomplishing and hitting a certain level, but we feel still like something's missing or like we're not enough. Um, for me, it took me achieving a whole lot of what the world called success to kind of realize like, why does it never feel enough? Uh, and I realized um, through sabotaging some stuff and some learned the hard way that I built a whole lot of self-confidence, had a whole lot of the world's definition of success, but I kept trying to achieve more because I still felt like something was missing. And what I didn't realize was I had a lot of self-confidence, but I actually didn't have a lot of underlying self-worth. They're very different. Uh, and when I realized that, I've spent the last three years obsessing about how to build self-worth because it's it's the one thing that changes everything in your business, in your leadership, uh, in your fulfillment in life. And so Worthy is really you know, over 20 tools on how do you build unshakable self-worth, know you're enough, transform your life, and actually be able to feel fulfilled when you're in the pursuit of all the incredible goals and ambitions that you have. So I'm really excited and just grateful to be sharing this with you and talking about this and, and honored. Honored to see Worthy on your table also. Jamie, superb level set. Let's dive in. Your book is going to become the most quoted book in 2024 because how you've organized it is so easy to read, but you also have these gift of call outs. And although I have 20 questions I was going to ask you, as I was reading the book, I set the questions aside because you give the reader this enormous gift of all these great call outs. And so in our short time today, what I'm going to do, not as a cheat sheet, but as a gift to our listeners and viewers, I'm gonna call out eight or 10 of these call outs and have you give us a minute context on them. Let's start Great. with this one. You don't rise to what you believe is possible. You fall to what you believe you're worthy of. Riff on that. Mm. Uh, okay, guys, everyone listening, again, this is in your leadership. It's in your goals and ambitions. It's in your personal relationships. Uh, it's in uh, the kind of love you feel you're worthy of receiving from someone else, whether that's in friend groups, in interpersonal relationships, in peer groups, every area of our life, we actually do not rise uh, to what we think is possible. We fall to what we believe we're worthy of. We don't soar to the level of our goals and dreams. We stay stuck at the level of our self-worth. So your self-worth is actually your ceiling. And so many of us go through life uh, uh, not realizing that, thinking like, oh, I'm stuck or I'm sabotaging things or I'm not getting to the next level or I'm unfulfilled because I just need to work harder or I just need to get more experience or any of these things. And often we're stuck or we're sabotaging things or we're achieving them, but not, feel, you know, not feeling fulfilled when we do because underneath it all, we actually deep down inside uh, don't have really, really strong self-worth at an identity level. And I have learned that it is so easy to 
crush everything and be like hitting home runs and doing, you know, everything that the world tells you will make you happy and fulfilled. And in that pursuit, you can have a whole lot of self-confidence and growth and contribution, which is awesome and important. But if you are somebody listening right now who feels like you've worked so hard and you've maybe accomplished some of those lifelong dreams, whether it's at a certain threshold in your business, or maybe it's, you know, having the marriage, the kids, the six pack abs, whatever it might be, the dream car, the number in the bank account. And you've gotten that goal after working so hard and you thought it'd make you happy. You thought it'd make you fulfilled, but then you arrived at it still feeling like something's missing. It's almost always because your self-worth at an identity level uh, is your ceiling. It will only allow you to achieve so much or to feel so much fulfillment. And so you can have really strong self-confidence, but when you have underlying uh, low self-worth, which by the way, the good news is uh, every one of us is fully worthy exactly as we are, but we spend our entire life learning these lies that lead to self-doubt. Uh, and this book worthy is really about like, how do you unlearn those lies? How do you learn to reframe rejection? So you don't think instead of having rejections or failures, you all of a sudden think you're rejected or you're a failure. Like, how do you, you know, heal at an identity level and build unshakable self-worth so that you're able to believe you're worthy of all of the things, all the goals and the ambitions and of actually feeling fulfilled when you achieve them. So that is a like a foundational principle in this book that you, you don't rise to what you believe is possible. You fall to what you believe you're worthy of. And when you change your self-worth, you change every single area of your life, uh, your relationships, your career, all of it. What a great morning mantra, my self-worth is my ceiling. Beautifully said. Here's the next yeah. phrase. Uh, it's time to turn down the volume on your doubting mind and turn up the volume on your knowing soul. Those are not two mm -hmm. words that I would have put together, your knowing soul. Remind yeah. us what that means and explain that concept to us. Every one of us, uh, every man, every woman, uh, like right now, for example, let's just talk about, I mean, a big reason I wrote this book, Scott, I used to think I was alone in having, feeling like I wasn't enough, especially in the moments where I had achieved so much of what the world told me success looks like. And by the way, I am more ambitious now than ever. It's just ever since I started building self-worth, uh, I, I, I'm able to actually enjoy and feel fulfilled while I'm achieving and going out there versus feeling like something's missing. Um, but so many of us uh, right now, 80% of women don't believe they're enough. 73% <clears throat> of men feel inadequate and like they're not enough. 75% of women deal with imposter syndrome. So it is a big uh, fundamental lie that we're not enough. And every one of us, um, almost all of us, sometimes we hide it really well, but almost all of us deals with self-doubt. And self-doubt, it lives in our mind. But when you tune into your intuition, and again, whether you're a man or a woman, you know, I believe your gut, your knowing, your intuition is more powerful than anyone else's advice. Uh, and in this book, I talk a lot about how do you really differentiate um, your thoughts and where self-doubt lives and the lies that you've been telling yourself about not being enough versus the truth or your knowing in your soul that who you are is fully, truly enough. Um, and there's so many self-worth shortcuts in this book that all come back to an identity level. 
because here's the thing, you know, and you've probably heard this so many times and, and, and probably talked about it on the show as well, but there are sort of this age old example of our, of a thermostat, right? Being tied to your identity. When you think of an automatic thermostat in a room, it's often like, imagine it's set at 75 in a room. And if the room heats up, the thermostat kicks in, the AC cools the temperature back down to 75, right? If the room gets really cold, the thermostat kicks in and it heats the temperature back up to 75. Our identity or our self-worth is a number, just like the temperature you set. And you can be uh, have huge goals, huge dreams, huge talent, huge potential, all the things. But if your self-worth underneath it all is set at a 75, and things start heating up in your life, your business takes off, your employee turnover is low, all the things are going right, but underneath it all, you don't feel you're worthy of it. And it's all heating up to a 90 to a 95, but you feel you're a 75. Your thermostat will kick in. You will start sabotaging things. You'll start second guessing your own leadership decisions. You'll start playing it safe and not sharing innovative ideas because you, you feel like, okay, what's happening is good enough. You'll do things that get it back to a 75. So your self-worth is really the one thing that changes everything. And knowing how to tune into your soul and what your what is true about your identity and who you are, um, that takes the skill set of learning how to recognize when something is a thought and it's self-doubt uh, and, and, and knowing how to distinguish between the two is really, really important. Um, there are so many moments in my journey as a leader, as a business builder, uh, as a human being, where I had to literally take a step back and realize, okay, all of these things I'm thinking, that is not the truth. That is my doubting mind right now. And I need to literally imagine myself like a volume dial, turning down the volume on it and tapping into my knowing, to my intuition, to my faith, and turning up the volume on what I know to be true about who I am and how worthy I, I am of being in the room, of being in the CEO role, of, of, of being in the boardroom, of sharing my idea, of, putting, of showing up as who I authentically am. Tuning into that worthiness is everything because when we don't, when we let our doubting mind take over and and we start showing up as who maybe someone else wants us to be, we start reacting and living in a way as a leader um, from a place of self-doubt and fear. Every time we do that, it, start, it slowly chips away at our self-worth over time. Um, so knowing the difference and being able to tune into the, the differences will literally fundamentally not only shift your self-worth, but really impact your leadership and your effectiveness in everything that you do. Jamie, your book is equal parts aspirational and practical. This is a concept you literally yeah. just mentioned. Every time you show up inauthentically to make others happy, you tell yourself you're unworthy as your true self. I want to read it again because it's profound. Every time you show up inauthentically to make others happy, you tell yourself you're unworthy as your true self. Will you unpack that for us? And for those who are kind of leaning in right now, thinking about how that describes them with their in-laws, with their spouse, with their partner, with their roommate, with their boss, with in a job interview, in whatever it is they're doing, what are some ways to become more in more authentic with how you show up with others so that you can be worthy of your true self. Those, those are great aspirational ideas. Bring that down from 6,000 feet to six feet and give us some ways to bring that together. Yes, you know, so many of us 
we feel like there's something wrong with us, like we're inadequate, like who we are isn't quite enough, like we are odd or crazy or strange or different, uh, and that we need to change who we are to belong in the room, to belong in the job title, to belong leading a business. And the problem is that you can only ever have the depth of connection with anyone else uh, as the depth of connection and authenticity you have with yourself and as, as the depth of authenticity you show up. It's impossible. And let me just break this down from a business perspective really fast. Uh, you know, I built, I, I did over a thousand live shows on QVC, sold over a billion dollars of product direct to camera. It was such a journey. And, and, and in this eight year window, I got to see tens of thousands of entrepreneurs uh, presenting their products live on television. If you don't hit sales goals within a few minutes, you don't come back. Like it, the pressure is so high. And over the years, I used to watch and like I watched the very few and I'm talking about the very few that were ever able to hit numbers and to keep coming back time and again and build meaningful businesses. And when I look across all of them, whether it was Apple iPhone or Dyson Vacuum or Vitamix or any of the biggest companies in the world, and I would watch and go, who are the very few where the person that went on air and, and sold their, their product actually hit the numbers, came back and built a business. And out of the very few that made it, the commonality they had was not who had the most famous product or who was giving the best deal or the biggest discount. It wasn't who's the best salesperson. Literally, the only thing that I watched this unfold before my eyes in dollars <laughs> um, the people that made it had in common were that when they went on air, and presented to 100 million homes live, their product, they were that same person on air as they were off air in the green room when no one was watching them. Because you cannot fake authenticity. And in business, in leadership, in life, in your personal relationships, while authenticity, being who you truly fully are, does not automatically guarantee success, inauthenticity guarantees failure. Every time, over time. And I watched that play out in front of my eyes. And it became not only this like amazing insight, but also so freeing. It's so freeing when you realize, oh, wow, I can pretend to be who I think my partner wants me to be, but I will always therefore create a barrier of disconnection between us, even if I think I'm making them happy. Or I can show up as a leader and play the role I think I need to play in the boardroom. But if I hide my real ideas and my real insights and my real doubts and my re all of it, I am, I am limiting, I am limiting the depth of connection. And by the way, this goes way deeper and this is really important. If you are disconnected from who you truly are and how you truly feel, that establishes the depth of, of connection you can have with anyone else. So Worthy the book takes us back at a fundamental level and there's tools in here on how do you even connect with who you are, how you truly feel, what you truly mean, 
right? How, how, how do you, because so many people, we have been waking up in the morning, putting on our CEO uniform or our, you know, parent or fill in the blank uh, uh, face that we think we need to put on and role we think we need to play, that we're actually disconnected from who we are authentically. And getting back to that is, is where your power is. And it's where it's, it's how you start rebuilding that self-worth as well. Um, there's a whole chapter called, you're not crazy, you're just first. And it talks about embracing the fact that like for every single person listening to us right now, there has never been another you before that your, 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 your fingerprints, your tongue print, your iris of your eyes, your unique heartbeat. No one has ever had the life experiences you've had or feel the emotions the way you do. Like there's only one of you in existence, right? And, and, and often if you're a person that feels like you're odd or strange or quirky or, you know, growing up for me, I'd have these big ideas and my family would be like, you're crazy or who do you think you are? And I had this realization, I'm not crazy. I'm just first. And when you are one of the brave ones willing to show up first as who you truly are in, in your leadership or in your entrepreneurship uh, or in your relationships, don't be surprised if not everyone gets it. Because it you're first. You're the first ever you who's going to see things the way that you're seeing them. And so in my journey of building at Cosmetics and all the years when someone's like, why are you doing that? There's a million other makeup companies out there, right? I would think, oh, no, no, but I'm actually going to do it authentically, which means I'm first. No one else, is po no one else could possibly do your idea when you actually do it authentically. Like by definition, you're first. And then in the journey of all of these people doubting that this business was going to work or not understanding my vision, it was really critical that I didn't confuse that with doubt or some indication that my vision wasn't going to work. Like I had to remember, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm just first to do it this way. Uh, and over time, what I learned is that a lot of people will cheer you on after you make it, but they don't always get it when you're in that space of showing up fully authentically as who you are. And so I think it's really important to know how to tap into and know if we're in alignment with who we are, because when you show up authentically at first, we can feel it scary because we've been taught we need to hit certain style expectations of our roles. But when you show up as who you authentically are in your relationships and your friendships, it feels like joy and it tastes like freedom. And it will fundamentally shift your self-worth and everything that you're capable of putting out in the world to possibly, to possibly like become the fullest, highest, truest expression of who you are. So it's really important in our self-worth journey. And a lot of times in business and leadership, we think like, oh, is that just like a soft thing or a woo-woo thing or whatever? But when it comes to employee retention, when it comes to employee satisfaction, right? So many people think they're unfulfilled and they blame their job when really they don't realize they're unfulfilled because internally they don't believe they're enough. They don't believe they're enough as who they are. So they think it's their job's fault or they think it's their spouse's fault. And then they, you know, they might keep achieving more and still feel unfulfilled. And so self-worth is truly the one thing that changes everything. It's the one thing that uh, helps you raise your ceiling of what you believe you're worthy of, right? So like when you think of the teams that you're leading, uh, the more they truly learn to believe they're worthy of their goals and dreams, 
the less they sabotage them, the more they think that it's possible and the higher the likeliness is of them going full speed ahead and believing, right, that they're worthy of all the greatest uh, goals and dreams, not only for the company, but uh, that are on their heart as well. Jamie, you are an energy infuser. Pardon the pun, your content is worthy of a multi-hour interview and a multi-segment <laughs> course. No doubt you'll turn the content of this book into a course. I'm mindful of our time. There's a final thought I want to share and have you reflect on. You write, the most success... The, mo the people who succeed the most are often the same people who fail the most because they're the ones who try the most. I mean, this is simple, but this is a governing principle behind everyone we have on this podcast. Today, I interviewed Malcolm Gladwell, one of the most iconic authors of our time. He talked about how I think Fleetwood Mac's most famous album was, I think he said their 17th album. Like, no one knew who they were until their 17th album came out. You see that through so many people that have had success. Look at you, right? People heralded your journey after you sold it to L'Oreal, after your 1,000th episode on QVC. Send everybody off today with a little bit of fire in their belly around why they should keep trying and why failure is such a key to success. Mm. Yes, it is such a key. And it's so important to know that your past mistakes, your past rejections, your past failures are no indication, zero, of your worth or of your future potential success. Zero. So there is inside a worthy, there is a master class. And I say that because it was its own book, but I didn't want to wait two years for it to come out. So we made it chapter two in worthy called when you change your relationship with rejection, you change your entire life. Uh, and it goes through a four part framework on how to literally uh, literally become fearless over rejection and failure um, and how to take the power into your own hands of the meaning you assign to them. So without talking for 10 hours about this, uh, this was critical in me turning an idea in my living room into a billion dollar business because I got hundreds and hundreds of no's and failed over and over and over. And for so many of us, we, by the way, let that take root at an identity level and we start to think we're a failure or we're a reject uh, or we think it's some indication of our potential uh, and it is not. And so, you know, every single thing in life is the meaning we attach to it. That's what it means. And it, in, in Worthy, I go through this framework with you on right now in your life, like uh, uh, revealing the meaning that you're attaching to rejection or failure because when we attach a negative meaning to anything that's painful, we will stay stuck. We won't go after it, all of that. And so I go through the process of how I did this in my life and how you could do it right now, where you literally reveal your current definition, basically, of rejection or failure and how to redefine it to believe it at a just soul level uh, uh, that rejection and failure can be uh, literally uh, have an empowering meaning to both where you just feel, I mean, for me, there are so many definitions I assign to rejection and failure now that I am literally fearless over it. Like I believe rejection is God's protection. I believe rejection when I get it and I get it all the time 
is like, it's a victory because it means I'm one of the brave ones willing to go for it. I, every time I get rejection, the first thing I think is, oh, this is, I'm one of the brave ones willing to go for it. Like when, when you Google every thought leader, every person who has moved humanity forward, every person who has, you know, helped heal humanity through love, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what, every one of them has failed a million times and been rejected. They're just the brave ones willing to keep going for it anyways. And so for me, I believe that at a core level. So I literally, this is going to sound a little wild, but when I get rejected, I get excited. I'm like, I'm one of the brave ones willing to go for it. I'm not sitting on the sidelines of life, living in regret. You know, I've revisited past painful rejections in my life, people that have broke my heart, people that have let me down, people that did not love me the way I needed to be loved. And I used to think they were an indication of my worth. But in the book, I talk about how to reframe those past rejections and actually believe the new meaning you give them. One example, uh, I literally, and maybe someone needs to hear this today, if you have had maybe a job not value you or you didn't give you the job you wanted or somebody pulled the rug out from underneath you or didn't see your value or didn't believe in you or didn't love you the way you need or maybe recently you had a friend betray you or not invite you to the party, it could be any number of things. I literally, I will imagine God saying to me when this happens to me in my life, and it still does all the time, I will imagine God saying to me, oh, you weren't rejected. I hid your value from them because they're not assigned to your destiny. And I believe it. And these tools that I packed worthy with are literally because you know there's that saying success leaves clues and usually when someone's been able to crush something is not an accident and these are the tools that for anyone out there who feels like rejection or failure or past rejections are holding you back or you've made too many mistakes and maybe you can show up to the world and everyone thinks you're the strongest leader in the company but deep down inside you still have you know labels you've stuck on yourself from past failures or mistakes that you feel like are kind of creating doubt in your life, in Worthy, I go deep into how it's a four-hour framework on how to completely change your relationship with rejection and failure. Um, and I can say like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm a lifelong student. I will have issues I'm working on the rest of my life, but fear of rejection and failure is not one of them. I am so fearless with it. And when you become fearless, it's beautiful because again, everything's the meaning we attach to it. So when you can attach new meaning and really believe it, I mean, watch what it does in the acceleration of, of your businesses, your success, your ideas, your joy, your fearlessness over showing up in the world as, as who you truly are. Because again, you don't become what you want in life. You become what you believe you're worthy of um, and worthy and believing you're worthy of your greatest hopes and wildest dreams and unconditional love. It's, it's really the one thing that changes everything. You are a force of nature. Jamie Kern Lima, I don't typically need a lot of inspiration or motivation, but you have me on fire today. You deserve all of your success, and I so appreciate all that you are pouring back into people that are learning from your mistakes and from your successes. Your new book is worthy. We wish you great success. Thank you for coming back to On Leadership. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And we'll see you back here next week for a new conversation on leadership. Mm -hmm.